This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 81. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's episode, how to ask deponents about prior sworn testimony. Hey, everybody, I hope you're having a spectacular day and week, as always. Some litigators will gloss over their deponent's prior testimony by simply asking during the preliminary questions something like, have you ever had your deposition taken before? And if the witness says yes, usually the next question is, in what kind of case? And sometimes that's all our hypothetical litigator asks. Often these questions are simply intended to figure out how much explanation needs to be given to the deponent about the process before the litigator dives into more substantive questions. But many of your witnesses, especially managers, supervisors, other key employees, will have given testimony on many occasions in the past, and they are likely to have given testimony about cases involving the same claims that you've filed or that you are defending. But of course, no company keeps a detailed log, or at least the ones I've run into, keeps a detailed log on who's testified about what in the past. So you really have to ask each deponent during the deposition about their testimonial history. And that is a goldmine for you in almost every case. I have a simple one-size-fits-all question that I ask deponents at the outset of my depositions. And depending on the answer, of course, I'll follow up with detailed questions about the cases, the claims, where the lawsuits were filed, and where I can find those transcripts. I need those details so that I can properly tailor a request for production or challenge a response to a previously served request for production that didn't reveal it. So today I'm just going to tell you how I phrased the question at the outset. And it's worked for me over many years to trigger the answers that tell me what I need to know. Now, before I get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you quickly about an upcoming episode. You've heard me rail on about the cost of deposition transcripts. In an episode coming up, I'm going to be interviewing a representative from a company that says it's come up with a solution to help you get your transcripts much faster and much cheaper. You know, one of the chief functions of this podcast is to provide you with practice tips and strategies that are immediately actionable. That includes not only deposition strategies and tactics directly relating to the deposition itself, but also the tools that we use as litigators to get those depositions completed. Court reporters, audio equipment, video equipment, apps, and other software all oriented specifically and only toward depositions. One of the ways that we are expanding this podcast in 2022 is by adding occasional episodes into the lineup where we interview vendors that provide goods and services specifically to trial lawyers and more specifically that are applicable to depositions. As technology and AI, artificial intelligence, are becoming more prevalent, there are going to be an ever-increasing number of tools available to you that will allow you to become better, more efficient, and more cost-effective as a litigator. Now, these kinds of shows will likely not be as long as our substantive episodes because we don't want them to be ads. Think more like extended elevator pitches where companies get 10 or 15 minutes with you to let you know about a new product they have that can have a direct impact on your deposition practice. So the first in this kind of series coming up 
is an episode where you'll hear a short Q&A with a company that feels the same way you and I do about the cost and limitations of traditional stenographic depositions. And this company says it's come up with a solution that just might blow your mind. For example, as part of their basic service, they provide certified final transcripts within one day. That's their business model, not an extraordinary solution in rare cases. They provide rough transcripts within one hour of the completion of your deposition. They provide near real-time transcripts as the deposition is taking place. I say near real-time because it involves a brief delay of approximately 15 to 20 seconds according to the company, with that pause being the result of a human editor that is correcting basic mistakes on the fly in the transcript itself while the deposition is underway. The company also provides, as a matter of routine, the audio file from the deposition, and they have an assistant on screen that will handle and display your exhibits as you request them, all for far less than you would pay for a traditional stenographic reporter. And they developed this alternative, they say, to stenographic reporters because they just couldn't find good answers for some very puzzling questions about stenographic reporting. One of the questions they asked themselves, according to one of the representatives, is why has court reporting become dramatically more expensive rather than less? With technology, the price of goods and services across the board in all sectors has come down. Why not for court reporting? Another question they say they ask themselves, why does it take 14 days to get your final transcript without dramatic add-on charges? And in that respect, why has the cost of court reporting services become a factor in how you schedule your depositions? I know lawyers who schedule depositions, rounds of depositions, a month or more apart, just so they can order transcripts and avoid rush fees. But what if you could get the transcript, this final certified transcript, the day after your depositions without any extra fees? Why aren't you getting that now? And if you wanted to, why couldn't you then schedule your depositions every other day? so that you have transcripts in hand from the depositions you just took. And if you're up against or you're in a case that has a discovery deadline, couldn't you make much better use of the allowable period for discovery if you knew that delays in getting transcripts wasn't a factor at all? And finally, why can't you routinely get the audio from court reporters? Usually they treat that as their work product. As you've heard me say in the past, the audio from depositions is supremely useful for you and for your client when you review the transcript for accuracy. So in an episode coming up in the immediate future, you'll hear the Q&A with that company and what they have to offer. And again, we're going to add this as a regular occasional feature where we do short Q&A interviews with vendors that provide services specifically to you as a litigator for your deposition practice. Okay, back to the topic of this episode. Again, some litigators will ask a deponent whether they've ever been deposed before. Part of that is to determine the witness's familiarity with the process. That way, once you have a sense for their testimonial experience, you can judge for yourself later in the deposition if it appears the witness is being evasive, whether those responses are simply the result of a lack of experience in depositions or whether it's something a little more intentional than that. But for additional purposes, I recommend that you ask the following question worded this way as a matter of habit in your depositions. And here's what I ask. 
Have you ever previously given sworn testimony, whether in a deposition, in an affidavit, in a hearing, at a trial, or in any other proceeding or setting? Many witnesses, again, routinely complete important affidavits for their employers relating to lawsuits, even if they've never been called for a deposition. Sometimes they testify in evidentiary hearings or at trials or in government investigations or public hearings. We never know. And of course, there's no catalog maintained anywhere as to the testimony previously given by the deponent sitting in front of you. And there's no better opportunity for you to find out exactly where that witness has testified and about what than the deposition that you're in the middle of right now. And for purposes of making sure that we learn everything that we should learn, of course, we need to assume that the witness may have testified many times before, and we need to know where and when and on what topic. So unless there's something about their prior testimony that is off limits, such as where the witness may have revealed in testimony confidential medical information about patients or details about minors, then their prior testimony in any format and in any setting, assuming it's relevant to the issues, is fully discoverable. And that's true even if the witnesses or the witness's employer in some prior case entered into a confidentiality agreement that restricted or forbid the distribution of transcripts outside that prior litigation. Those protective orders or confidentiality agreements, as you surely know, are rampant now in almost all litigation. Nearly everything is being produced, no matter how mundane, subject to a protective order or confidentiality agreement, even if the agreement itself is not presented to the court for approval. As part of settling cases, uh, more often than not, the settlement agreements now contain language forbidding the parties from distributing or revealing deposition or hearing transcripts. It doesn't matter. If there's sworn testimony out there and if it's pertinent or relevant to your issues, you're entitled to ask for it and obtain it. Now, if there's a protective order in place in the other proceeding where they gave testimony or some other written confidentiality agreement where the party is now asserting they can't produce it, obviously you're likely going to need to file a motion to compel the production of the transcripts and get an order from your court forcing its production. If there are assertions of trade secrets or other confidential information like the kind I talked about, then obviously your best bet is to ask the court to compel the production of the pertinent transcripts and ask the court to conduct an in-camera review, which obviously means that the other party is going to produce the documents to the court first, not to you, but to the court to allow the judge to review the documents to ensure there's either no uh, confidential information that shouldn't be produced, or if there is, that it's redacted before it winds up in your hands. Uh, but that's the answer. Redaction is the answer, not non-production. So that's my recommendation for you today. Broaden and standardize your question of the deponents about prior testimony as follows. Have you ever previously given testimony, whether in a deposition, in an affidavit, a hearing, at a trial, or in any other proceeding or setting? Now, you can also break this down into five or six questions, and you might want to do that so that you know exactly what the witness is admitting or denying. So you can break that down, such as, have you ever given sworn testimony in a deposition? Next question, have you ever signed an affidavit on behalf of your employer? Separate question, 
have you ever attended a judicial or administrative proceeding, and you may have to define those for the deponent, where you had to be sworn in and answer questions? Separate question, have you ever testified in a courtroom? Next question, has there ever been any other setting where you were sworn in and had to answer questions under oath? The level of sophistication of your witness will determine how, to what extent you need to break these down, um, but that's the way to do it. Prior sworn testimony by key witnesses in your case on the same or similar issues is often among the most valuable evidence you'll get your hands on during your depositions. As always, we've got some cases in the show notes uh, to help you get started if you need to research this issue. There's one in particular in the show notes I want to point out. It's called Rogue versus CoreLogic Credco. It's a 2020 federal court decision out of Idaho where the plaintiff there, an individual, sued a company alleging violations of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Apparently, in that case, the plaintiff asserted that the defendant, a company named CoreLogic Credco, had provided inaccurate information to others in connection with a credit application that the plaintiff had completed. Specifically, the plaintiff was contending in that lawsuit that CoreLogic had inaccurately reported that the plaintiff had filed for bankruptcy. Uh, the defendant in that case, according to information on a website, is the nation's number one provider of what it calls merged and specialized credit reports, processing over 90 million credit and related transactions. So during the course of discovery, uh, the plaintiff asked for deposition transcripts and information about other lawsuits under the FCRA filed against CoreLogic, and CoreLogic resisted production of transcripts in other cases saying, among other things, that the parties, meaning CoreLogic and any prior plaintiff or plaintiffs, had entered into a protective order to protect the other plaintiff's non-public information. And so it would be unduly burdensome for the company, it said, to have to contact a plaintiff in another case to get permission for production. Well, the federal judge in that case dismissed that argument out of hand, saying the testimony of employees or agents of the defendant given in relation to other Fair Credit Reporting Act lawsuits was clearly relevant to whether the defendant in this case had willfully or negligently violated the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Continuing, the court said, look, the plaintiff here is seeking transcripts of testimony of your agents or employees. If a responsive transcript contains personal information of another person who's not a party in the current case, that information can easily be redacted. So the court says, if all we're really talking about here is a relatively limited number of transcripts, the idea that redacting uh, confidential information from those transcripts would be unduly burdensome just doesn't fly. So that's the practice pointer for today. Broaden your initial question about prior testimonial experience. And if your witnesses, your deponents have given prior testimony, press them for details that will allow you to make a properly tailored request for production. It's important to ask those questions in the depositions because your prior request for production, either expressly seeking transcripts or seeking other documents that would necessarily include transcripts, may well have been met with ambiguous objections that just didn't reveal to you prior lawsuits or proceedings of relevance to the claims that you're currently pursuing or defending. So it's just a matter of asking. Again, we've got a few cases in the show notes as well. And that's it for today. As always, have a fantastic week and we'll talk to you soon.